capturing the world. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is David Carmichael II, and this is episode 41 of the Caption of World podcast. And I have another great special guest. Um, her name is Denisha Brown. Um, she is from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, she, she is a insurance agent at Goosehead Insurance. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to all of our Spotify listeners, Apple Podcast listeners, and YouTube listeners. Um, I appreciate y'all um, to spread the word about the podcast and please subscribe and leave a review. And um, yeah, appreciate that. So yeah, we have Denisha Brown. Um, like I said before, she's from Baltimore, Maryland. She's a insurance agent at Goosehead Insurance. Um, what else do you do, Denisha? Ooh, um, I wear a lot of different means that uh, I'm able to shop around with different carriers with insurance uh, at Goosehead Insurance. Okay. Um, I also I also work at a nonprofit dealing with mental health. Um, I um, also am a forex trader, so which is the foreign exchange market. Right. Um, I trade currencies, the value of currencies, and then um, um, I do also have a podcast myself that I'm a part of. It's called Keep It 100 Podcast. Um, so yeah, I wear different hats and do different things. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I just like seeing, you know, my, my black brothers and sisters doing their thing, man. Um, especially at a young age, you know, cause I feel like the more of us that are doing things like this, you know, we can reach younger people. And then, you know, the, once you start young, man, it's always good to start young and, um, to get that experience at a young age. And then you can, you know, hopefully pass that down to people that's younger than you. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. most definitely. So, I seen that you attended Delaware State. Was that correct? Was that correct? Yeah. So, uh, I went to Delaware State University for a year, my freshman year, fresh out of high school. Shout out to Bono School for the Arts. I went there for theater. Uh-huh. Um, so, graduated there, and then I went to Delaware State University. Great experience. Loved living on campus. Um, but I also realized that I did not like school. <laughs> right, right. Um, I transferred to so many different other schools afterwards. Um, and so I did not receive my bachelor's degree. I'm mean, actually like, honestly, like three semesters and I can get it. But yeah, yeah. at this point in my life, it, it's just for what I want to do, it's not stopping me. Uh-huh. Um, and if I get it, it's only for my own personal benefit but it's not going to stop me from my goals and the things that i plan on doing most definitely so do you think you weren't to like do you think that ever be something that you would do one day is to go back and get your degree or like down the line um, i mean i've already invested so much money into it you know college ain't cheap so um and i honestly i really only have about three semesters left so um yeah once my schedule gets to a good place and you know i feel like i've come pretty um headway with the goals that i have in mind then yeah i'll come back and revisit and just knock it out and get that degree uh but you know a, a degree it shouldn't stop you depending on what you're trying to do in life obviously but I believe a degree shouldn't stop you from, you know, reaching financial freedom, reaching your goals and things like that. Like it's, it's a lot of people out here, even, you know, if you look at some of the millionaires that's out here. They don't have college degrees, you know. Right. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot dealing with your experience, your intuition, your networking, obviously, your mentorship. It's, it's, it has to deal with you as a person as far as how successful you will be in life. Not a not a degree. Now, not to downfall people who have a degree, I encourage it. You know, education is the key. But I learned 
for me personally that I do not like school. I was that type of person, like in middle school, high school, especially in middle school, I used to cry before I went to school. Wow. And it's because I didn't, I did not like school. I like to actually like get down and, you know, do the experience myself. Yeah. I'm gonna make, I'm learning by doing the experience and not writing a piece of paper. Like I, I'm not gonna learn that way, me personally. I'm gonna learn by actually talking to people and being a part of it and living it and things like that. Facts, facts. Yeah, I mean, I can I can relate to that because um, you know, I went to a, a community college to study um mechanical engineering, and then I did that, but I didn't get my two year degree at the at the moment. Then I went to a trade school. Um, it's this trade school called the uh, Apprentice School. In Newport News, Virginia, and um, basically it's like a um, a shipyard where we make like aircraft carriers and submarines for the Navy. So they have this program where you can um, you can do different things. You can be like an electrician or a pipe fitter or whatever, you know. So you go to a trade, you do that for four years, and you take you go to school as well. But basically, you know, you're learning a trade along the way, you know. So basically, when you graduate, you can just get you a job in whatever you're doing or something else within that company. You know what I'm saying? And you're able to go back to school and get your actual, you know, bachelor's or associate's degree. So I did that. Then I went back to school and got my associate's. Then I attempted to go to um, Old Dominion University to try to get my bachelor's in mechanical engineering. Um, I, I took a couple of classes, but I didn't finish. Um, but yeah, long story short, you know, I kind of agree because, you know, I have a good job and, you know, I make good money. So if I decide to go back, I will. If not, it's not. In the, in the end of the world type thing you know so but yeah i mean that, that's what's up so um so what made you wanted to get into so you say you went to school and you didn't like school so what made you get into what you're doing now as far as the insurance and stuff like that uh so i am i like to help people uh, so i've been an insurance agent for about five years i originally started off uh with triple uh, a insurance I worked there uh, behind the desk, sitting there, making calls, things like that, uh, which was great. I, you know, I, I learned a lot in that experience. Uh, they um, allowed me to, you know, see how it works as far as being an insurance agent, you know. So one of the biggest things that I, I really, like, fell in love with dealing with insurance is uh-huh. just being able to educate people. Right. And possibly save them money and then sometimes it's not even all about the money it's really about the education piece for me um because a lot of times unfortunately we have insurance but we don't really know what we're paying for right and that we get it because we know that it's required right yeah. so you know if you have a car you have to get insurance by the state of maryland if you buy a house you have to get insurance um, by the in order for you to get the mortgage loan or whatever the case may be correct and so it's Mandatory, and so unfortunately, when it's mandatory, sometimes uh, people just get it just to get it, but not understanding what they are paying for. And so I like to be able to just sit down with my clients and be like, "Hey, so this is what you are paying for, and if this situation happens to your home or this situation happens to your car, you're covered for this amount." And having that educational piece, one, the person walks away, you know, with new insight and just with any type of education, once you learn it, you can't take it away because you've learned it. Yeah. And now they can make a sound decision about their insurance needs. If it's staying with me, if it's staying with their current company, whatever it may look like, but they can make a better decision about their insurance policy. Okay. Okay. Um, so like, what did you have to do? Like, do you need like a, a license or something to be an insurance agent or how does that work? Yeah. So, um, uh, at the time, AAA had paid for my property and casualty license It's considered two license, right. uh, with the state of Maryland. Um, I'm licensed 
residential-wise in the state of Maryland, but I, I do have um, non-residential license in D.C. as well as Virginia. Okay. Uh, so what that means is that I'm able to provide insurance in the DMV area, so D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Uh-huh. Um, so essentially, in order for you to become an insurance agent, um, you have to take pre courses or pre-classes uh, and that's just to kind of give you the basic understanding like you're going in from scratch of what it is uh, about insurance yeah. and then once you do that then um, you have to um, take the test with the state of Maryland and I'm not a big test taker so I was very nervous uh, you know like I said I'm the type of person I'm ready to learn with physical right. you know actually and not really sitting there taking the test. Right, right, um, right. <laughs> but that is what was needed in order for me to, um, you know, move forward in the industry. So uh, it was very nervous. I was nervous, like I said. I was nervous. I was anxious. I was sweaty because uh-huh. I did not like tests. But um, I, I did study hardcore and uh, I was able to pass the test, obviously, five years ago. Now, in order to continue to have an active license, property and casualty license, you have to take continued educational courses, um, and then you have to renew your license every two years with the state of, for me, with the state of Maryland. Okay. Okay, awesome. So, like, um, is there, like, a, so you just do home insurance, so do you do car insurance and other stuff like that, too? Yeah, so auto and home and any special mobile. So, like, um, if it's a motorcycle, a mobile home, um, a boat, anything mobile. Um, But, yeah, auto auto insurance and home insurance. And then I also provide umbrella um, insurance as well, which is, um, I can explain to that another time. But, yeah, umbrella insurance. Um, I will be in the near future getting my life insurance. Um, because it just goes into that to that whole piece of just educating people. Right. Um, and so I definitely want to make sure that people are fully, you know, taken care of in any type of situation that they did not plan. Because that's what insurance is about. Insurance is to cover you in any type of situation that you did not plan. Uh, it's, that, it's that safety net. So eventually I am going to get my life insurance as well. Excellent, excellent. Um, so what do you what do you think is the best insurance company, or does it depend on where you live and this situation? Like, do do you um, think is is better insurance companies than other ones? No. So, and that's why I like Goosehead Insurance um, and being an insurance broker is that I have the ability to shop around with various insurance companies because every insurance company is different and you need the right insurance company for your type of situation, your zip code, your area, you know, so one insurance company is not going to fit perfectly for everybody. Uh, so it's not like, oh, this is the best one. No, this might be the, the good one for your particular area. This might be a good one for this other person's particular area. So it all yeah. depends on where you live. It depends on um, your insurance score. Um, it, it has so many different factors when it comes to uh, creating a quote or premium for the insured. But, but, okay. So um, cause I know in my situation, I have, you know, I have a home. And, um, you know, I have homeowners insurance and I have car insurance. Um, my car insurance is through State Farm. And my homeowners insurance is through another company, like a um, a third-party company called All Risk, something like that. But the thing is, you know, most people combine their car with their home. Um, but my situation, I, I'm not in the flood zone, so I don't have flood insurance, which is different. But the way they have their zones through State Farm, I can't combine my car and my home because I guess they say I am um, I'm high I'm a higher risk because I stay by a um, close to a river, but I'm not in a flood zone, so it's kind of it's kind of crazy. And like, and I've been living here for about seven years, and like every year I call and I ask, then you know, did y'all change y'all zones yet? I'm trying to combine my car and my um and my home. I know I bet I know it'd be cheaper that way, and they're like, no, nah, we still have the zones the same, and and like they'll. 
they'll call me and they'll ask me, yeah, why come you don't have your car in your home I'll come by? And I was like, because, like, y'all zones are crazy. Y'all forgot y'all did that? And they was like, oh, no, let's let's check. And then they'll go check and they'll be like, yeah, the, the zones are still the same. You're still high risk. And I'm like, man, see, and I, I try to do, like, um, all state uh, in those other insurance um, places. They still won't combine mines either. Or if they do, it's way, way more expensive than what I have now. So that's the situation I'm in right now, but um, but yeah, I can. It's just I don't know. But like, what do you think about that? And like, why do you think those insurance companies like they want you to pay insurance, but they, if you are more at risk, they just don't want to cover you at all. Like, what's the point? Um, it's all about the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, one, you need to let me look at your policies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as far as bundling, uh, but. Every insurance company has a risk factor, right? Uh, so each company has how much they're willing to risk based off of the different criteria on that particular home. And so for you, in your case, uh, a river near your home within a certain amount of feet, they consider that a high risk. Mm-hmm. And so they don't want to insure a high risk because if something does happen to your home, it's a, it's going to be a big payout. You know, I don't know your home worth, but it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars that the insurance would have to kick out uh, because your home was connected to, you know, a river or a few feet away from a river. Yeah. So it's just all about the risk factor. Every insurance company has their own particular risk factors that they do. Uh, you say you're with all, what is it? Um, I'm with uh, State Farm. No, 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 for your home. Oh, it's this company called All All Risk. It's like a... Like all a... Risk, I believe, is with... Uh, all Risk is, um, I'm, if I'm pretty sure, it's progressive. Okay, okay. So yeah, it's progressive. Um, so yeah, every insurance company, and that even goes to the auto, is you know they want to they want to say a car that's fast, you know, a faster car, a faster red car uh-huh. is prone to getting in an accident or uh, you know getting broke or stolen essentially than someone who has just a Toyota Camry. Right. They adjust the rate for hypothetical situations because of the type of car that it that that is. So that also goes for the home. They do hypothetical situations like, okay, what's the probability of this home having to be um, flooded because of X, Y, and Z? And so, based off of that probability, then the rate is this, or they determine, oh no, we don't want to take this risk. Right. Yeah, it's just real confusing to me because, like I said, I'm not in the flood zone, but they say because I'm close to a river, which I'm, you know, I'm close to it, but I'm not like really, really close to it. But like I said, you know, huh? Can you walk to it? I mean, I can walk to it, but it's going to take me a minute, though. It ain't going to be a real, a real fast trip, you know. Uh, I mean, driving there, it'll be quick, but like walking there, it'll be a minute. But it's just crazy because, like, my, um, you know, my neighbors, I've asked them, I asked my, one of my neighbors, what, you know, who does he have? And he said he has, um, State Farm for his home and his car. And I was like, how did you get that? And, well, you know, he'd been living it longer than me. And he was like, well, I don't know, man. I was able to get it. So I guess they might have changed the zones, like, right when I moved there or, like, right before I moved there. So it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, I'm in a situation. It's not, it's not like really, really expensive, but it's like, it can be more convenient if I can just combine both of them together. But, but yeah, after yeah. this podcast, maybe we can talk about that or later on next week or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, even it's amazing because uh, the neighbor across the street probably can be insured with State Farm than you because that neighbor is a couple feet more away right. from that area that they are, you know, deemed a risk. So it's just, it all depends. Yeah, man, it's crazy though. But uh, cause like the way I look at it, sometimes I think you know, no offense, but like some insurance companies, they just want you to keep paying, keep paying, and then when it's time for them to pay, they try to finagle you or come up with some excuse on 
we can't give you this much money or blase blase. I don't know. But um but yeah, like you said, it's all about the money, so you know, they gotta do what they gotta do as well. So yeah, I can definitely agree. Um so I have another question as well as far as insurance, as far as paying a deductible. Um do you think it's better to pay a higher deductible compared to a lower deductible? Because I've been told, well, somebody, you know, my stepdad told me, you know, if you're able, if you if you can afford to pay a higher deductible, then you should do that. But what do you think about that? I think there's whatever you can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, the normal average deductible is 500, which I feel like is reasonable, right? If you're, if you get in a, a car accident, um, anything less than 500, you might as well just pay out of pocket instead of you trying to put in a claim. Right. Uh, but if it's more than 500, um, and just to protect yourself as well, as far as any lawsuits or anything that may happen, um, as far as auto insurance, it's all depend on what you can afford. Like I have people saying, well, you know, 500 is easy for me to kick out. And then some people saying, you know, a thousand is easy for them to pick out, kick out. Right. So it just depends on what's in your in your pockets. You know, I wouldn't go no more than a thousand. That is the limit. Um, but if say like if, if you have a high end car, right? Mm-hmm. If it's less than a thousand dollars, you're not really going to put in the claim because that car itself is already high end. It's you're just probably just going to do it yourself right. if it has a little dent, you know. Right. So. It all depends on what's in your pockets. Now, as far as homeowners insurance, I would say the thousand dollars is a minimum um, because anything less than a thousand dollars dealing with your home, more than likely you're going to just do it yourself, right? Yeah. More than likely, you know, home is really any catastrophic um, incident that may happen. So, like if the basement get flooded, that right there is a ten thousand dollar. Um, claim that could easily be uh, so you wouldn't want to um, pay for that out of pocket if you know your home catch on fire so a thousand dollars compared to hundreds of thousand dollars that the insurance company would have to kick out is you know small so for home insurance the minimum is a thousand that I normally um, write or normally I quote for my insured unless they require a higher deductible I stick with the thousand dollars for home insurance and then five hundred for auto insurance, um, and and I go over it with them. And you know, if they want it to be higher or lower, whatever the case is, then you know they communicate that to me. Of course, obviously, the higher the deductible, the lower the premium. And the reason why is because people who have a lower deductible are quicker to put in a claim. Right. Right. So. Right, so someone you know have a hundred dollar, a hundred dollar deductible. What's a hundred dollars? That's nothing. Uh-huh. And so they're quicker. They'd be like, oh, let me put this hundred dollar claim in, and then the the insurance to pay a eight hundred dollar claim or something like that. So people with lower deductibles, that is the that's the formula that they came up with. People with lower deductibles are more prone to put in a claim faster, and so because of that then they you know include that in the in the pricing or the quoting and that also goes to vice versa people with higher deductibles are quicker are not quicker to put in a claim because you kick it out a little bit more or whatever so if it's a thousand dollar deductible you go think twice before you give away a thousand dollars right yeah and so because of that the premium drops down uh, if you have a higher deductible. Gotcha. That makes sense. 500 is that sweet spot, right? It's not too expensive. It's affordable. It's, you know, you still thinking, but it's not going to break your pockets, right? So right. 500 is that sweet spot. Yeah, that makes sense. And it seems like, you know, for the most part, you know, most of us probably have at least 500 or more saved up in our savings account, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, like, when you first became an insurance agent, um, did you think people took you serious, you know, since you're a young, you're a young person, and, you know, 
your first time being in a source Asian? Like, did they look at you like you didn't know what you were talking about because you were young? Or did you feel like you were, you know, you were respected based on, you know, your initial conversation? They kind of looked at you like, okay, she knows what she's talking about. Like, did you experience anything like that before? Absolutely. So, I, um, at the time that I had gotten my license, like I said, I was behind the desk and my co-workers were two older gentlemen. They were old enough to be my father, but they've been in the insurance game for, you know, 10, 20 years. Right. So very well-rounded in, you know, what they were talking about dealing with insurance. And then at the time I was 22, 21, uh-huh. 21, 22, uh, when I got my license. <clears throat> so I was a, I was definitely, I was young. Uh, but for me, instead of me being intimidated about, um, you know, these older gentlemen and things like that, and, you know, just like, oh, people are not, and just wallowing in, you know, the fact that I'm young and people are not gravitating to me, it made me dive more deeper into what it is that I'm actually doing. Uh-huh. So that way you cannot, even though I may be young, you can't argue or you can't say that Denisha don't know what she's talking about. And so I picked their brains. So that 10, 20 years of experience that's next to me, I asked them questions. I, I absorbed everything that they had to offer. Yeah. And till this day, I'm still very friends with the both of them. They're, you know, my adoptive dads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I took that opportunity to just really things that I was stuck on or didn't know or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I asked them questions and I pretty much wanted to become a master the best way that I can in insurance. So that way, when I'm sitting here talking to people, no, they're no longer seeing me as this little girl or this young woman now they're seeing me as, as the title that i'm presenting which is the insurance agent they saying oh denisha the insurance agent not oh this little you know because i already look young I, y'all see me. look uh-huh. y'all can follow me on instagram at miss denisha m-i-s-s-e-a-n-i-s-h-a <laughs> and if you look me up i already look like a child i am 27 years old and people still think i'm in high school somewhere so um imagine at 21 22 years old and i probably look like i was in middle school i I was young Uh but um it's just like i said it just pushed me to just become a master and and what it is that i'm actually presenting to people and in return because i i came knowledgeable to my customers now they felt comfortable and let down that guard to allow me to uh, be their insurance agent and even to the next level of wanting to tell other people about me and share their experience that they had with me because unfortunately sometimes as agents they're so quick to just get the policy and not really explain what it is that the person is actually buying right um so by me being able to just give that component and actually take the time and sit down with the client and say hey this is this, this is that, what is this, explaining each and every, uh, you know, coverage the best way, then, you know, they felt more comfortable to be like, oh, okay, you know, whatever they need to say. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's good, because I know, you know, I'm pretty sure some agents out there that, that just, like you said, just want to hurry up and get you the policy because, you know, they're just trying to get paid. But as a customer and as an agent, you know, you want to be able to make them comfortable and you know, tell them what they're getting, you know, and explain everything to them, you know. I mean, because some people might say, well, they didn't ask, so I'm not going to tell. And then some people might just tell everything so they won't have to ask, so they can know exactly where they're getting. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, you never know. They might, um, you know, refer you to somebody else, and you want to make a good impression every time. You know what I mean? So, but, yeah, so another question relating to that as far as, you know, you being young, um, how is it, you know, being like a, a black woman in that field? Um, do you have a, a lot of other black women that's in that department, just, you know, being insurance agents or what have you seen so far? Um, so honestly, um, I have not came across another young 
black woman in this field. Not yet. Okay. Um, I'm sure they're out there. Um, I definitely have come across a lot of men. Right. Uh, so in the in the in this insurance real estate game, all of that, I've come across a lot of men. And for me, um, I don't. I'm in a place now that it doesn't. I'm so confident in what I know that I'm not intimidated by other people. I actually, you know, still want to learn from them. They, I'm sure they can teach me something that I don't know. Yeah. It, it's me learning and educating myself will never stop. It doesn't matter how long that I, I'm going to be in this industry. I'm always going to be willing to learn from people who are older or even younger than me. Uh, so I'm not intimidated by, uh, you know, the men there or whatever the case may be, because I know, that I am knowledgeable about what it is that I'm offering or the services that I'm offering to that particular person. So um, honestly, as a woman and as a, as a young black woman, um, it's really about how you carry yourself and the confidence that you have behind what it is that you're offering. Uh, you know, if I walk into a room and I, I'm shy or, or, you know, doesn't, doesn't seem like I know what I'm talking about or whatever the case may be it's, you're not going to get the the type of gravitation that you may want from that other person unfortunately I have to go in with my head held high and even if I don't know this information I'm still going to have a confidence about myself that like if I don't know I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to let you know yeah. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say that either like okay right. like we are going I'm going to figure this out let me make some calls. Let me connect with some other insurance agents. Whatever it is, I'm going to figure it out, and then we're going to have a conversation about it now that I'm, I'm knowledgeable about the situation. So as a as an insurance agent, is it just is really, in, as a, a black entrepreneur, honestly, it's, just, it's all about how you present yourself and how you carry yourself as a person. And, and that took time. I'm not going to say it took it was automatic like it took time for me to to get to the confident that i am at now and i still can grow i'm not saying that i'm 100 percent there i still can grow in my confident level as far as um, me as a person and you know some of the services that i offer but it's it's a process i have to be intentional i have to i started reading books uh-huh. uh, one of my mentors online mentors that i love is bob proctor he, Look him up. Great. He has a book out now, um, The Art of Living. That is a book that I currently read. Um, Think and Grow Rich. Um, That is um, a book by Napoleon Hill. And so I I certainly read books. I listen to motivational YouTubes um, to help build my confidence. I can't, it's not going to happen overnight. Like I have to be intentional about my mindset. And I have to be intentional about like how I'm perceiving and receiving things in life. So that way I can be in a better place overall. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, I agree because confidence is always key. You know, you got to not try to be intimidated, not saying it's not going to happen, but you know, you just got to be confident in yourself and know that you can do it. You know, know that you have the strength and the power to be able to learn and, you know, I feel like, you know, all of us, you know, if you get a new job or a new career, you know, we might look at people that are um, that been in that field longer than us. And it's kind of like, you know, you're you being a newbie and you some people look at it as having to ask people for advice all the time. It's like they're keeping they're worrying people to death about how to do this and how to do that. But at the same time, man, you know, you got to learn. You can't really think about who like. Who cares what they think? They might they might say like, man, they're getting on my nerves. Keep asking me questions, but who cares? Because you got to learn. At the end of the day, it's like they already they already got it. You know, it's up to you to get your information, your education, to get to where you want to get to. So, you know, as long as you look at it that way and just know, just to be confident, and know that you can't really care what people think. You know, that can take you a long way. So, yeah, I can definitely Absolutely. relate to that. You got to put your, your, honestly, you know, you, you have to learn when to put your pride aside uh-huh. um, in those type of situations. Like, in order for you to get to the next level in life and in, in, as a personal development and entrepreneur, whatever it is, if it's a, a career, 
uh, where you're actually working a nine to five, whatever it is in life, you have to learn when to humble yourself and when to put your pride aside and ask questions and reach out and understand where you are lacking. So that way you can get stronger in that particular area. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, I have another question relating to um, this real estate and buying homes. Um, you know, I'm a homeowner and you are a homeowner. And I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, what what are the first steps on buying a home? I want to buy a home, but where do I start? Um, I know buying a home, it's a lo- it can be a long process. Um, but like, what are some, a couple of first steps that if somebody was to ask you, you know, what I got to do to buy a home, what would you tell them as far as the first couple of steps on what to do? Uh, well, one, decide if you're ready to buy a home, right? Um, and decide whether, whether you are, um, you know, ready to, for that financial obligation. Um, I encourage anyone, if you can, to buy a house. I don't, it's an easy process. I know people think that it's, um, you know, you need ten thousands of dollars to buy a home. No, it's a lot of first-time homeowner programs out there. Right. Yeah. Um, I am on the insurance side, as as we've been saying, and so a lot of times I come into the process once the person has already connected with their real estate agent, connected with their loan officer, and they are actually, uh, you know, decided on their for their home at that particular time, and they're going into settlement. And uh-huh. so I come into play once the settlement is already in, is a date is already set and they need certain paperwork in place, such as a homeowner's policy, um, in order for them to finalize their settlement. Um, so I encourage you to shop around for your real estate agent, shop around for your loan officer, like find out the person that you connect with the most like this is a big decision in your life and so it's okay that this particular uh, real estate agent you just didn't click with it's okay find another one Uh, or the loan officer that you're with you know you just felt like y'all didn't click like this is a, a life decision a big decision and just as much as you can shop around for the home that you're looking for you can also shop around for the real estate um, agent as well as the loan officer that you are looking for. I've connected <clears throat> with several different real estate agents and several different loan officers. Um, my team of people who, you know, or I would like to say I'm on their team, not my team. I'm on their team uh-huh. um, to ha- to add that additional uh, customer quality service to their clients as far as the home buying process and helping them, you know, find the proper homeowner's insurance uh, for that settlement. So, like I said, shop around. (laughs) Uh, Talk to the real estate agent, talk to the loan officer. Which one you get first is up to you. Uh, It's The loan officer definitely can connect you with some real estate agents and the real estate agent can connect you with some loan officers. So, you know, in this industry, um, it's good to always know different people doing the process like title companies, insurance agents, things like that. So if you had a question, like, do you know somebody who does X, Y, and Z? I can say, yes, you know, I know this person um, who can help you in this particular process. Cool. Cool. Um, so my, before we wrap it up, I got a couple more questions. Um, you know, any advice to any of the entrepreneurs out there? If, if you can give one piece of advice to a young entrepreneur, what would you tell them? Don't stop. So, mm. you know, this is, I was just having a conversation uh, with my brother uh, the other day, and I was like, being an entrepreneur is a long-term game. It's not an immediate thing. It's not an immediate, like, overnight where you want to wake up and be like, oh, I'm a successful entrepreneur. No, Uh it's draining, (laughs) it's tiring, it's stressful, it's mentally draining, it's physically draining sometimes, but don't stop. Don't give up, keep pushing. Because if you keep in mind the bigger picture and keep in mind the goals that you have in plan, it's going to all be worth it. 
keep in mind that you're going that this is a part of the process this is a part of you know how to get to the next level in your life if it was easy everybody would be doing it right if it was easy to be entrepreneur then everybody out here would be entrepreneurs if it was you know is is a thing where you're you're rich overnight or financially stable overnight then trust and believe the world will be in a different place Uh (laughs) so with that being said understand that is a struggling period process it is a struggling period process trust me i'm not there yet i'm not sitting here telling you that i'm this most successful insurance agent no i'm still going through my own process Yes, I've achieved so many goals on my list, but I still have new goals that I'm trying to reach. And so always have them goals in mind and and don't give up and keep pushing. I'm not saying every day is going to be a great day. Just understand it's okay to be in a moment in that day, but don't let that moment stay. Let that moment to keep pushing and keep thriving and just don't give up. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the main things, you know, we got to, you know, got to tell each other, you know, because especially when you're, you know, you want to make money, but it's like, you got to think about whatever you're doing. You got to think about why you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? If you get into anything, just wanting to make money, I feel like you're not going to put your all into it because that's all you think about is the money. So you're going to try to find shortcuts or find the easy way out to accomplish your goal instead of just taking your time and learning what you what you have to learn you know what i mean so like like for me you know of course this podcast is called caption the world podcast and it's based off my clothing line called capture the world which is my clothing line and you know me being a designer i consider myself a clothing designer you know this is a fun process to me and i, I mean i would like to make money from this in the long run but, you know, I just enjoy the, the journey and the struggle of just trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? And I'm not really in a place where I have to make money from it right away. Fortunate enough, I have a nine to five, which pays my bills, you know. But in the meantime, I can I can um, take risk and find out what I have to do to make my clothing line reach a certain level. So and it does take time. You know what I mean? Um you can't always go into things just looking to make money right away or reach your goal right away. You know, you got to really focus on what you have to do to keep building up to get to a certain level. So, yeah, I mean, I can definitely agree with agree with um, what you said on just never stopping and keep going every yeah. day. Yeah, you definitely got to be patient. And then also just to add to that, um, just me personally, like, I'm very intentional about who surrounds me. Like, who is in my space? Who is right. encouraging me? Um, if it's, you know, every day, if it's, uh, you know, online, whatever the case may be. But I'm, I'm very intentional about, like, who who I, who I am I getting my energy from, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you're around negative people, you're going to get that. Uh, it, it's going to rub off. You're going to get that negative energy. You're going to start doubting yourself. That confidence is going to start going down. Then you're going to start giving yourself reasons of why to stop. Mm-hmm. But if you surround yourself by people who are like-minded and you have mentors in place who are, have already achieved what you're trying to achieve, then it helps you get through it. It helps you to continue to push through. It helps you to just be in a better place mentally. No doubt. Yeah, I can agree with that as well. Um, you know, keeping a great circle around you because, you know, if you don't have people that's really motivated to do stuff in their own personal lives, you're not going to get, you're not going to be motivated yourself. And, then, you know, because we all, I mean, at the end of the day, we all look at people as inspiration, no matter how, we want to put it, you know, we have people that we look up to. And if you're looking up to the wrong people, you're going to, you know, absorb their same qualities and personalities that might reflect your life, you know. And um, like you said, you know, you're around people that already accomplished certain things and you know where you want to get to in life and you see them already doing it. So you know that it's possible by you seeing them, you know. So, yeah, just surrounding yourself with great people that's willing to motivate you to keep going. And that believes in you and what you have to do because 
sometimes, you know, people that don't believe in themselves, they're not going to have anything positive to say to you to help you get to get to where you want to get to in life. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's definitely important in life, man. Life is short. You know, you want to surround yourself with the best people, the best people you can, you know, in, in order to just be an overall successful person. So, yeah. Yes, yes. So, um, this is a question that I ask all of my guests. Um, it's kind of a broad question, but you can answer it however you want to answer it. Um, how do you plan to capture the world? Um, that's so like you raised very broad. It's like my mind went so many different places. <laughs> but I think the most thing that I'm really passionate about and even outside of insurance and just my life experience and different things that I'm doing as a person. Um, it's just really educating people and just sharing my story the best way that I can. And even as I live this journey that I'm I'm going through now and just sharing it, um, it's still a way to just captivate people's attention because yeah. I may not see myself as in a certain way, but I could be in a different place that someone wants to be at, you know? Uh-huh. So I... I just want to share and just educate people financially just about financial literature or insurance or whatever it is that I'm knowledgeable about or still learning about. I just want to be able to share my story. Like my story is um, interesting. Like, I mean, we didn't even, it's still some other things that you, <laughs> um, you know, could ask me about and right. uh, that you can still learn about me and different things like that. Like just to give you a snippet, you know, I had lost my job a year and a half ago, like a job that I was with for almost 10 years. Wow. And I was in a place where it was, I didn't know what was next. I was stuck. I was like, well, what's next? This this is what I thought that I was going to be at. And so yeah. just being able to share those type of stories and understanding that uh what you are going through someone else could be going through and it can help them get to the next level that they are need to be at to get through that particular situation just because I share my story uh-huh. yeah and then like to kind of um, chime in on what you just said you know someone that lost their job you know and they can look at that as a loss which you know you got to learn how to take losses and learn how to um you know, come back from that. And somebody one time told me, you know, um, an L can represent a loss or it can represent a learn, you know, a learning experience. You know what I'm saying? So instead of saying I took a loss, you can say I, I took a learn. I'm learning from this. And um, I mean, yeah. things happen for a reason, man. You just got to know how to make it through certain things. And, you know, we all have different experiences compared to other people. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I really believe that certain things happen to certain people because, you know, God, I believe God knows that we can make it through. You know, I might have a different situation, but God knew I can make it through this situation compared to what you had to go through. And he knew that you can make it through that. So, I mean, to all of our listeners, man, let's make sure, you know, any anything that you go through in life, don't look at it as a loss. Just look at it as a learning experience and just try to figure out, you know, what you got to do to learn from it and make yourself better and you know, overcome that, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, definitely agree. Yep. So, um, where can everybody find you? Um, I know you just said your Instagram, but you know, if you can say that one more time and then anywhere else that where they can find you at and learn more about you. So, um, I can be found on Instagram at Miss Danisha. That's M I S S D A N I S H A. And then also you can uh, befriend me on Facebook um, at Danisha Brown. That's D A N I S H A. And then Brown, like the color. Uh, so, yeah. So, hit me up, message me if you have any questions about anything, uh, even if it's outside of insurance. I'm here. Like I said, I just want to share, um, educate people, motivate people, and help people the best way that I can. Because if no one helped me, then I wouldn't be able to help you. Exactly. It's all the whole point is just you know passing down information. You know, um, we can't just hold on to information ourselves and not want to share it with other people. You know, that's real selfish. You know, it's, and it's some 
when it comes to certain things, you might hold on to little secrets or trade secrets yourself. But overall, you want to trade. You want to um be able to share that information so somebody else can help somebody else. It's like a domino effect, you know. Um, I mean, you just want to see everybody become something great, you know. So that's always a great thing. And then one thing I did want to ask, um, just as, as far as Forex, um, we probably can have a whole another episode about that. And <laughs> I have had somebody that um on a previous episode, you know, he talked about um, foreign exchange market and things like that. Um, but how's that been going for you so far? How long have you been doing that? So I've been doing uh, Forex for about a year now, um, and it's been doing well. So. Um, I'm not an everyday trader. I kind of trade around um, two days out of the week, a set days, set times. Uh, so that way I can manage my scheduling with everything that I've been doing. Uh, but it's been doing pretty well. It, you know, Forex definitely uh, was one of them things that was an eye opener about money. Yeah. <laughs> and understanding that uh, you can be in a place where instead of you working for money, money works for you. Right. Uh, and Forex definitely um, allowed me to um, to just be in a place where like, okay, I need to get this. I need to learn this skill. I need to I need to master this. Like, and I'm I'm not even there yet. Like, I'm still learning. It's just like I'm still learning about the foreign exchange market. I'm not even there uh, <laughs> confident wise as far as like even to even to um you know show you the skill itself i can show you some basics and things like that but like it's some phenomenal phenomenal master traders out there who are making you know thousands of dollars millions of dollars within a matter of minutes uh so that is my my goal obviously is to just definitely be in a place where foreign exchange is just the forex and trading is just you know a big big piece of my income and all i gotta do is nothing (laughs) <laughs> right and just you know send my money away to make some friends and then it'd come back and you know we just do it all over again so um the foreign exchange is one of them things that i got into after i lost my job and i wouldn't have got into it if i didn't lose my job to tell you the truth um but it was like oh okay well let me see what it's about i don't got nothing to lose now i already lost my job Mm -hmm. so i had um you know joined this group uh that was very like-minded as far as the foreign exchange market and they educated me and teach me and i met some great great people who are my friends uh to this day that i connect with and you know i don't they want to be long-term friends uh so it's one of them things where like I'm, you know, it's a year and a half later, I look back at it. And I'm like, I'm glad I lost my job because I wouldn't have met some of the people that I've met now. I wouldn't have been introduced to the foreign exchange market the way that I have. I, I wouldn't have probably been on this podcast with you, right? <laughs> right. So, so uh, but yeah, I, I encourage um, you, if you want to more, know more information, you can certainly hit me up. I can tell you the resources that I use to learn about the foreign exchange market. Uh, but I encourage you to definitely look into it. Like, it's it's a no-brainer, but it's still one of them things. It's not going to happen overnight, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the things you got to be patient with. You got to, you gotta, uh, you know, learn the skill, learn how to do things, and... Um, you know, the, the program or the group that I'm with, they teach me how to trade in the foreign exchange market. And you're not in this by yourself. You're not doing it alone. Because when you lose money, it's a different type of story. Like, you start, yeah. <laughs> you start thinking about, you know, second-guessing yourself and stuff like that. And so it's good to know, like, this other person lost money the same time. And then it's good to know that we won, you know, together as well. So, right. yeah. Exchange is great. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to, you know, get into that. I just never, like I said, I heard, I heard a lot of people, you know, in my area doing it. Um, I just haven't really reached out to, to learn more about it. Um, but yeah, I would definitely like to learn more about that type of thing, man. Um, so, like, I know it's like a long, it, it's probably like a lot of things you can tell me, but as far as, you know, you say you trade like twice a week, um, if you can summarize, you know, what do you, normally do when you when you do try to trade twice a week like you just get, get on, a, on a computer 
and just look up stuff or like send money here and send money there? Like, how does that actually work? I mean, I can tell you, honestly, you may not, like, fully understand, but I can break it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so every, every uh, at least two, three times a week, um, I get on a live session with a master trader, so right. someone who, you know, is great at this, um, and they actually call out trades for you. Um, and they teach you and show you why they particularly call in this trade. Like I say, I'm the type of person I need to have the experience. And so that allows me to have the experience of like, why is this particular trade being called out? Why are we doing this? Things like that. Um, and so at least two, three times a week, uh, I, I'm on my laptop on this live session with a master trader who is making you know thousands of dollars or millions of dollars and taking the time out of their day right. to show me or show the people how to get to the level that they are at and and it's like i said it's very beneficial because i'm learning i'm so you know it's still a process right okay yeah that's awesome yeah i would definitely like to learn more about it um I would definitely like to reach out to you about that as well. And as far as my, my own insurance policy, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> see if I can get right. that straight, man. Cause I've been dealing with this for a minute, but yeah. Um, overall, Denisha Brown, um, I definitely appreciate you, um, being a part of this podcast. And, um, this is our, like I said, I like to get different people that's doing different things. So you're the first, um, insurance agent that was able to talk about this type of thing. So I'm, I'm pretty sure our listeners can, um, Will definitely benefit from this episode and um and also oh yeah we definitely got to talk about me getting on y'all podcast to keep it 100 podcast so i would definitely like to be a part of that and um so yeah that's all i had um like i said before i appreciate you reaching out and um i just wish you much success and what you have to offer and what you got going on right now and um like i said sky's the limit for both of us so i appreciate you Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for having me on and, you know, being able to just share, uh, you know, my story and even talk about the insurance and things like that. I, I love what you're doing and the energy that you have. So, yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. And um, like I said before, shout out to all of our Spotify listeners, Apple Podcast listeners, YouTube listeners. Um, y'all just stay safe out here. You know, we still have the Corona COVID-19 going around. Oh yeah. That's another thing I want to ask you too. Um, has that affected your business any type of way? Um, the pandemic. So the real estate industry itself has not been affected by the COVID. Um, and so with the real estate industry still like matter of fact, I've talked to real estate agents and loan officers, their business is now thriving and they're more busier with everything that's going on and because it's um, a lot of my business is uh, first-time homeowners or or things like that um, it's it hasn't affected it Uh, now instead of me networking with people like at different events or you know going out to lunch with them I video call people and instead of me you know calling them to talk them on the phone I want to see their face because I can't see it in real in person so I call one video call and we do uh, connect that way and network that way but now that some things are opening up um, you know we're probably going to do some business lunch meetings and things like that um, to continue to build the relationship uh, with the people that I have connected with over the past couple of months um, during this whole COVID but uh, honestly it's really about your creativity um, as an entrepreneur, like you're going to have different situations and you have to learn to just adjust. Don't, don't be upset. Don't marinate. You might have a moment, but like, don't relish on it's like, and then you like, all right, bet. what's next? Let's figure this out. You know? Right, so right. that was kind of that type of situation. It was, it, it threw me for a loop. I was like, well, what am I do now? Cause I was planning on like hitting the ground running. Um, uh-huh definitely going to different offices and being more personable but since since things were closed I could not do that and so I had to be creative and something that's fitting for my personality which was being able to just video call people and talk to people that way right right yeah because um that's one thing about just being an entrepreneur overall you got to learn to adapt because you don't know what's going to happen 
Um, you know, you might have a forecast of what you want to do and then something, like you said, takes you for a loop. You got to learn to adapt and be creative. So that's another piece of advice to all those entrepreneurs out there. You got to learn to adapt and um, don't be complacent. You got to learn to um, be creative and adapt to certain situations. So, but yeah, um, like I said before, I appreciate you being a part of this podcast and um, we definitely will talk some more later on. Absolutely. Awesome. So this is David Carmichael II. Um, this is episode 41 of the Caption World Podcast. Y'all have a good one. Peace.